Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Social Spotlight Interviews on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck. Today I'm talking to one of the nicest people, not only in NASCAR, but one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. That is Samantha Bush, wife of Kyle Bush. Now, the first time I met Samantha, she was so nice that my um, reporter instincts kicked in and I was like, okay. Anybody that's like this friendly is sort of, they want something or trying to get something or curry favor. You, you never know how somebody's approaching you when you're a reporter. So I kind of was just like, okay, nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think that this is very sincere, but that was, uh, almost 10 years ago now, I think. And over the years, I've come to learn that Samantha actually just really is that nice um, not just to media members, but to everybody she encounters, at least that I've seen. I'm not around her 24-7 or anything like that, but I've seen enough interactions with her and fans and her with people on the track to know that she actually is a, a very genuine person. She also does a ton on social media between keeping Kyle's fans updated on how he's doing, how their family's doing, how their son Brexton is doing, Murph Boutique, which she just launched, an online boutique um, that she is the owner of. She does a lot of stuff with their foundation, all sorts of things. So I wanted to sit down and talk to her about that. All right, I'm sitting here with Samantha Bush. We're at Martinsville Speedway. So if you hear some uh, motor noises outside, that's the truck race that's going on. I snuck in here. Take a little break and do the social spotlight interview. I've wanted to talk to Sam for a long time about her social media use because, first of all, probably the most impressive thing that I've seen from anybody that I follow is you have an incredible restraint, I feel like, when it comes to dealing with haters. I do not know how you do it. You must get a lot of hateful tweets, a lot of negative tweets at times, but yet I've never seen you lose your cool. Maybe you have, but I haven't seen it. What in the world is your secret? Well, usually I type it all out just to get it out there and vent, and then I delete it. But I just figure, you know, they're looking for that negative reaction. That's why they're sending the mean tweets. So if you just ignore them, they'll go away. So, you know, it, it, you've been on Twitter for a long time, I think, now. Um, over the years, have you had any incidents where you, you did lose your cool and then you regretted it later? Wait, do you actually remember how we started Twitter? No. How did this start? I started Twitter because you were telling me about it, and then I got engaged, and then you came to interview me that day. And that that's right. Started, yeah. Oh, I forgot you weren't on it till you got engaged. That's right. Uh huh. Because you're like, oh, you need to be on Twitter, and then I learned about it, and you did the interview, and now that's how it started. I forgot because yeah, at the time you got engaged, but you had no way of really telling everybody, or you had nothing to tweet a picture of your ring or anything. So I was working for SB Nation. I came into the story. Yep. Now you could just do that yourself, of course. Yeah, now it's like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram stories, Snapchat. There's so much. It kind of stresses me out. But um, with the haters, I'm trying to think. I mean, I just, I really do just try to ignore them. There's sometimes when they'll say things about Kyle or Brexton where I really just want to go off. But I just, you know, got to focus on the hundred positives, not the one negative. That's really hard. I mean, it's a really hard thing to do, especially when people... You know, even in my own social media stuff, I mean, I, I don't think I catch nearly as much hate as you do. Just, you know, people want to take something out on Kyle on you. And 
I have a hard time with it at times, just not responding or, and I do, I do lose my cool sometimes with it. And, you know, I, I'll send a DM I might regret or something, or I, I just don't, I don't know how you have so much restraint, even honestly, even with the media, I feel like you have restraint. You, when Kyle's criticized by me or somebody else in the media, even you don't say anything. Well, you know, I just look at it that everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And a lot of times I just try to think that people aren't picking on my Kyle. They're picking on the driver, the persona of that or what happened in the race. So I kind of try to separate the two and just not let it get to me. I mean, I think I just focus on Kyle and Brexton and all the crazy stuff that we already have going on and try to ignore it and really try to focus on the people that are positive and supportive and uplifting to us. Because, you know, if they're going to take the time to tweet or do something nice, I'd rather use my energy to respond back to them and you know build those relationships then focus on the people that are just you know they really just want you to react so i feel like at this point you've sort of built a social media empire in some ways i mean you really have all the bases covered on all the different platforms um what is your favorite one first of all to be on I like Instagram a lot. I mean, I like it because you could do videos, you could do pictures, you could do Instagram stories. And I just, I really like good quality photographs. And I feel like um, you could really get that on Instagram. I actually just, well, thanks to people responding on Twitter, got the plus, the big, the big phone, you know, seven plus or whatever. That's what I have. I like it. Yes. Sorry. As I'm stumbling. Yes. The seven plus and I love it. So it's got great pictures and I feel like it's kind of really upped the quality of my social media by being able to take good pictures with it. Um, so when it comes to like putting out your content, do you have to choose between platforms? Like, do you say, okay, this is more of a Snapchat thing. This is more of an Instagram thing. So I usually try, especially like for my store, I try to put it across all three in case some people like one thing more than another. But yeah, when it comes to personal stuff and on my own stuff, I look at timing. Um, that's a big thing. Days and hours and what gets the best response. Um, how I word things. Obviously, I think Instagram and Snapchat are a little bit younger. Um, Facebook is a little bit older. And so just trying to tailor my message to my audience. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and, you know, hashtags and everything else it takes a lot of time and so basically what I try to do is you know get most of my stuff done and then at night when Kyle and Brex are asleep I'll just spend two hours I'm such a night owl I'll be up to like one in the morning getting everything laid out and ready and filtered and edited and posted and then I just save it in drafts and go from there so on your Murph Boutique stuff um, that the boutique you now own so you're doing most of the social media for that yourself I'm doing all the social media for that because I'm really OCD about how things look. And when you're an online store, your social media and your website, I mean, that's that's your entire image. Um, obviously, I have a guy who builds a website and keeps that up. I know nothing about things like that. But when it comes to social media and the pictures we post and the photo shoots and all that, yep, I'm, I'm all in. So how do you um, or what are some of the differences in the Murph Boutique voice and your personal account voice that you have to use, I guess? So with the boutique platform, I mean, obviously that's about selling things because you're a store. So those things are specifically tailored to focusing on the clothes and, you know, showing them different ways you can wear them and, you know, different styles and how to mix and match things and how to make the most out of your wardrobe. Where my personal platform, that's about showing a different side of us. That's about showing, you know myself as a wife and a mom and a friend and our foundation. And so 
that's a little bit different in how you tell your story and how you present your photos. And so, yeah, it, there's a lot of thought that goes into it into building a social platform. So you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like if there's a Kyle Bush fan out there, they are sort of looking to you as sort of like the in for the community in a lot of ways because you are you seem accessible to the fans you you respond to a lot of fans you interact with a lot of people whereas kyle is obviously focused on racing a lot he'll tweet sometimes but he's not really going back and forth with people he probably has to deal with even more hate than you i assume so do you sort of view yourself as like i don't know sort of like the leader or or the the mayor in some ways of like the 18 community i don't know if that's fair to say but no, I love it. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I just, you know, I always want people to see the side of Kyle that I get to see, the kind of fun, the loving, the caring, the daddy side, you know, because I think people see him for a split second, whether it's during the anthem or, you know, after a race with an interview. And that's not exactly who he really is. That's him in race mode and that's his job. But I think what I like to show is the softer side, you know, him teaching Brex how to drive and them playing at the park and things like that that people might not get to see and you know obviously um I think I like social media a whole lot more than he does so I think it's nice to be able to give fans that access how do you decide how much of your lives to show to the public we're pretty open. There's not much that we don't put out there. I mean, I think we've seen a lot of good come from it. We, My biggest struggle is if we were going to talk about IVF because that was something that was really hard. And we prayed about it. We talked about it. And I will say that's the greatest thing we've ever shared because the Bundle Joy Fund, um, we've had 10 babies through it, um, three more on the way. We're going to do another big grant. And so if we weren't open and accessible, that would have never started. And on top of it, to this day, I mean, when we first released that blog, we probably got thousands of emails. Um, and then obviously they tapered off. But I still at least get probably five to ten emails a week, just people, you know, asking questions or saying, hey, thanks, like we're going through that. And now we don't, you know, we're not as nervous. Or, hey, it's cool to know that somebody else went through that. So, I mean, I feel like when you put things out there, um, it kind of helps people sometimes. Yeah, and that's, I mean, let's talk about that for a second because you have a blog and especially when you were going through that, you got extremely, extremely personal and detailed, maybe to a level that, no, I mean, it's just to a level that um, I don't think I've seen a lot of public figures share because you really, really opened yourself up. And now, like you said, you're essentially, it sounds like responsible for 10 lives that have been created. I mean, that has to be just one of the most incredible feelings. I, I can't really imagine. No, it's wild. Um, I mean, obviously, Kyle and I couldn't have done it without the support of his fans because they donate and they're behind it. And um, the NASCAR community is behind it, too, which is awesome. And it's just amazing. You know, it's wild when you get to see these couples again and meet their babies. And they're like, hey, you know, thanks for the funds because now look. And you're like, wow, that's just kind of mind blowing. And it, it really isn't something that I can put into words like when you hold somebody else's baby because of your fund it's, it's crazy so what was the feeling like before you press send on those tweets and everything that you put out with the, with the blog post link in it Ooh, that was big I remember Kyle and I were sitting on the couch and it was like December and I literally had to talk myself into it I was like okay I'm gonna post it at five o'clock okay six uh, okay seven and I just kept backing up and Kyle's like just do it and I put it out there and then it was just kind of like 
we went and watched a movie because I was afraid to see what happened and it took a little bit of time but I think you actually retweeted it and then it kind of grew some legs and people started reading it and then I mean within a week I had fertility clinics calling all over the state like hey can we share this with our patients and I was like yeah of course and um so I think it did a lot of good do you feel like what you are putting out on social media in general like it, does this work for you because this is your personality and this is sort of a natural thing for you because like we're talking about a lot of strategy and things like that but it seems like you don't really have to it's it seems like from what i know of you this is sort of you in some ways yeah, you definitely have to be authentic or else people could see right through it. Because I am that person, like, at the grocery store that's probably, like, TMI. You know, if somebody's in an aisle and they're, like, in something, like, oh, I've had that before. Like, this is what I did, you know. And that's kind of who I am. I think that's very much how I grew up. Um, just with a big, like, extended family, nothing, everybody knew everybody's business. And we're just very open. And so I think that comes across on social media. And honestly, like, yeah, there were some people that were negative about it. But you know what as long as you believe in it and you feel like it's doing good and I just say go for it and that's one thing too when I have like young girls that maybe ask me questions about you know how do you handle this or that I think if you could go back and you probably feel the same way and tell your high school or college self like that doesn't really matter like in the grand scheme of things you think that's the end of the world right now but you know not letting it get you down and you know focusing on stuff that's more important that's kind of the message I try to tell them so um, you show Brexton a lot um, as part of your daily life. Um, does he seem to be aware of uh, the camera? Or like, you know, because sometimes um, like I have a nephew and as soon as I turn on the Snapchat or, or whatever, or I'm trying to get like a cool video of him, he's sort of just like, I can't get it. Like he, he's too aware of it, you know? Yes, that's how Brexton's getting now. Like literally the other day we we're up in his playroom and he is fascinated by how Lucy, our dog, drinks out of a bowl. So he will take things from his sippy cup and pour it into other things and try to like lick it like Lucy does. And I'm trying to video it. And the second he sees me bring out the camera, he stops. He's like, Mom, no way, no way. And I'm like, oh, come on, be a baby again where you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, first year, oh, my gosh, his first year pictures were disastrous. I mean, I had this whole setup. I went on Etsy. I had it all planned out. I got the photographer. And he would not take one single photo without screaming. And so finally, after an hour, Kyle and I were like, forget it. We're just not doing them. And so he had cake and stuff on his diaper. So I took off his cake and er, I, took off, I took off his diaper that was covered in cake, and let him run free. And we got the best shot. He started peeing on his car. And it's like my favorite shot to date. And I'm like, I guess when you don't force him to do stuff, that's how it's more natural. So you end up posting a lot of pictures on your accounts where you're in them. So you're obviously not taking them. How in the world do you have somebody that is like taking these great shots? Um, I mean, do you just, uh, you know, have some sort of assistant where you hand them your camera and they know what to do and they're getting these great shots essentially? It's a lot of people. I'm that girl that's like, hey, sorry to bother you, but can you take a picture for us? So I'm always that person. Um, I mean, our PR guy does it a lot for us. Um, sometimes our assistant comes to the track and she'll do it. Um, my mom will do it a lot. I'm telling you what, my mom's like a pro on the camera now. Last, what was it? Last Easter at this time, I started teaching her like Snapchat and, you know, photos for Instagram because, you know, you can't get too close because they turn squares and she was all confused and now she's like oh hang on the lighting move this way do that so it's really just whoever's around one other thing you you post your workouts a lot and um 
you seem to want to sort of be encouraging to people um, motive in a motivational way. Um, how is that like, okay, so on the one hand, you have a business where you're selling people on, you know, you want them to buy clothes. On the other hand, you're trying to um, encourage people on a lifestyle manner. So how are those different that from each other? Like what approaches do you take or, or can you use the same strategies essentially? Well, I mean, I think in both areas, my biggest goal was just to make people feel good and comfortable about themselves. I think there's so much of the world that's so ready to put you down that you don't look the right way and you don't dress the right way and this isn't that. And everybody's so ready to be so negative. So I think with my blog and store, my whole thing was just to make you know, women feel good about themselves and to raise them up. I think like one thing with my blogs is I'm not really a great cook. And if it's not starting in a can or a box or something that's ready, I'm not going to make it. And you know what? That's okay because we're busy and a lot of moms are busy. And so I guess kind of my message is that's okay. Like whatever you can do and the best that you can do. And if you give it your all, then good for you. You know, um, when I post a workout and I always tell people, if you can't do three sets, if you're only going to do one, hey, you tried, right? And you're going to keep getting better at it. And so just keep practicing and keep doing it. And that's kind of kind of the motto that I kind of go with for everything. What else should people know about your social media philosophy in general, like as far as what you're trying to put out there? Um, I guess one thing is I wouldn't really go on to say Instagram and say there's another fashion blog or something be like oh that outfit's hideous like people will do mine I'm like why obviously if she's wearing it she likes it you know wait so I mean? people comment on yours and say that's ugly yeah like the other day kyle and i were in uh la and granted kyle hated the jeans i had on too i thought they were cool they had like patches and they were baggy they're very la you know and i mean kyle was kind of like mm, those are interesting whatever but you know people are like oh my god you look terrible on that that's horrible and i'm like or they're like, did you really think those are cute? I'm like, well, if I purchased them and put them on and took a photo, yes, I like them. Like, So I, you know, I just tried to go on other people's social sites and be uplifting and say, hey, you know, that's cute or good work. And um, a big thing I try to do is when people comment on my stuff and it's, you know, I need to get better about it, but going back and responding to them, like, you know, thanks for the great comment or if they have a question. So that's one thing I'm trying to get better about. But you know how it is. It's all about time and trying to balance like 900 things at once. Yeah, I mean, one of the hardest things to do, I think, is to keep up the interaction with people. They expect it, but just to go in there and, and then you fall behind and, and you feel sort of... Uh, bad because yeah. I feel bad because if people are taking the time to like follow me and comment I want to take the time to go back and say like hey thanks you know thanks for the message thanks for checking out my page thanks for checking out my store and so I try to go back and do that and um, it's funny sometimes during the race because I've got the ears in and I've got the screen in front of me and I've got the times and I can see it and a lot of times I have my phone and people are always like what are you doing on your phone I'm like I have three hours like where we have somebody who comes on the road with us who watches Brex during the race. So I'm like, I have three uninterrupted hours where I can like multitask at things. And so that's why I'm usually always on my phone. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm glad that you uh, joined Twitter and started the whole thing all those years ago. Well, thanks for, uh, you know, telling me about it. And now, yeah, now look how far we've come. So that was Samantha Bush. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to catch up with her on some of the stuff she's doing. 
I finally got to know how exactly she avoids engaging with the haters, which would be very hard for me. I want to give some patron shout outs uh, for people who are $10 or more a month patrons on my Patreon site, which allows me to get to the racetracks and do these interviews. Today, I'd like to thank Doreen Van Valkenburg, Moses Roman, Rhea Reese, Chris Reynolds, Ali Harim, and John Flynn. Thank you all very much. And you've also allowed me to go to Texas Motor Speedway, which is where you'll hear the next podcast from after the Texas race. So until then, I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.